What's up, what's up, Instagram? In this episode, I'm going to be talking about your story. What is it? Do you even know it? And do you know that you're stuck in a story? If you don't know that you're probably in a story, this podcast episode is for you. So we're basically all living out a life based on a story that we tell ourselves. The other day, I was, I was having a conversation with a friend about our stories. So we walked into a room, we're going to a party, post-corona party now, actual corona party. And we're going in there and we're like, yo, uh, let's get out of our story. And what is the story when you go to a party? Especially black folks, we're the most turned. But sometimes we could be fully turned anti-social. So the story for parties is I go to a party, I'm looking good, I'm talking. Sometimes we don't even want to talk to other people. So we get stuck in our own stories when we go to parties. So if we do that when we're at parties, then we definitely do it when we're at home. What if we know what a story is so that we can say, holy crap, I'm just stuck in my story. The things I've been telling myself about how things should be like, how things are, what they think about me, etc. So if you keep watching this episode, it's going to be about knowing your story, finding out what that story is, and then empowering your story with a better one so that you can get what you want to get. Now, I don't know if you've heard this before, but I'm here to ensure that you hear it for the first or second time. And the thing is, the truth of the matter is we all have stories that we're living out. Okay, so I want you to really think about who you think you are. All right. This is not me just talking and rambling. We're getting introspective information about ourselves during that podcast. So I want you to think about who do you think that you are? If you watched this a couple of days ago, I had said, I'm not what you think I am. I'm not what I think I am. I am what I think that you think that I am. So we live in a perception of a perception of a perception. So we're like, uh, they think I'm, uh, so I have to keep up this image. So we're living in a story. Let's backtrack a little bit. You're tuning into the Ed Talks Daily Personal Growth and Motivation Podcast. Is the Holistic Motivator here for another personal development session. And today we're talking about your story. What is it? Here's a fact, fun fact. Everybody should know this. Before you're eight years old, your story has already been formulated for you before you're even eight. So your story, one to seven, all of the things you believe, most of your beliefs, your ideals, the things that you base your life upon are based from one to seven. And you're wondering, okay, how did I get these things in there? Well, there's a certain different ways that you were literally programmed, okay? You've been in the matrix. I'm not that Morpheus, but I'm here to let you know what's going on. The truth is, one to seven, your parents were programming you with what they believed. When you were just a child, your parents told you to do certain things, be a certain way, go to church, put your pants up, whatever, you know. I'm talking from my experience. You clean your room, you know. Like, your parents tell you these different things or they may be negative. They're like, you're like your father, you're like your mother. Uh, they abandon you. You think they abandon you. So you're like, my parents don't love me. They have different love styles. Some of them, they're like, unless you accomplish, you're not worthy. Some of them are like... 
unless you show me love, I don't show you love back. You have, I had relationships with my stepmom where we're like, I don't, we don't even talk. We walk and like walk past each other. So we have all of these stories from a young age. And then we start to live it out in our adult life as we begin to adult. And we wonder like, yo, what is wrong with me? Why can't I change, right? Remember I told you, stop asking yourself questions that limit you, but ask yourself questions that empower you to get answers. When between one and seven, you were pretty much living out that way. And I'm gonna tell you some loving love styles that you've actually adopted between those those times. And I really want you to really hear this one because it's it's very important. There are these love styles that you adopt based on how you were brought up. And I wrote them down and this will allow you to see what your story is, okay? So there's the first love styles that's affected by childhood from one to seven is the pleaser love style. How many of you all know a pleaser in your life? Can you point them out? Can you point them out? Is it also you, you know? And this is not, is it you? So a pleaser is someone I'm have to be good so I don't get in trouble. We adopted this sort of love style because we only seem to be like, bruh, if I don't do like this, I'm not good. You know, it's like, be a good boy. I was coming from the beach. I was laying the sand today and I was coming out and there was a mom washing the feet of her child. And like, be a big, be a good boy, be a good boy. Stay still, let me wash your feet. And I was like, oh, I didn't even, like she doesn't even know that she's programming her kid that if she does she's being he's being a good boy by you know doing something good for himself so we we associate like that being good and bad based on what our parents said because our parents are god when we were a kid they run our world you know they know more than we know so we're like i trust you because well who do we have to trust so as a pleaser, when we grow up, we're like, yo, I have to be good so I don't get in trouble. You know what that does over time? We just try to like be as good as we can to other people based on what they think good is. Remember I said, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what you think that I, I am, but I think that you think that I am. We're like, yo, they believe that this is good. So let me be good. So we try to please everybody trying to be good in their standards never being great living up to our potential as beings so that becomes an issue second one is a controller love style notice these are called love style a lot of the, the things we think is like we don't even like about ourselves is the way we love others giving ourselves pseudo love i want you to hear that a lot of the things we don't necessarily like about ourselves is the way we love others and give ourselves pseudo love. So we we want to please each other because we we want to please other people because that's how we believe that we could communicate our love to them, right? However, by pleasing others, we don't please ourselves. Hence, we give them love, but we gave ourselves pseudo love. Now, there's the controller love style. That is, I need to be in control. That way I don't get hurt. I'm gonna mention something. A lot of women now, because of the way I'm saying men and women have been programmed, they have to deal with men who's often looking to take 
advantage or looking to get something, right? It's just the truth of the matter, you know? And both parties are influenced by so many things, the media, the music, the TVs, all the stuff we watch are programming us, right? So I act this way, you know, TV shows me that I only have to take you on three dates and, you know, I can score like it's a game, right? Because I'm playing the game, you know, I'm good at the game. This is what we're saying, right? It's like, it's, it's a game to us. So a lot of women have to become more controlling, right? More dominant, right? Have to adopt the male personality traits because it seems like it's the survival. It's how I survive as a woman in the world is that I don't let men take advantage of me. So what happens to that is that also diminishes your feminine qualities, which is what gives you the most power. There's more power in that, but there's a power in mixing them together. Why do we just let that masculine side of us get so big? So we think that unless we're in control, we're gonna get in trouble, we're gonna get hurt. Because at some point we lost control, probably by another man, could be our father, like we didn't have control, or our brother, or our cousin, or our uncle, or whatever, or a friend, or a boyfriend. So all of that, say, now I have to be in control. So once again, we're giving pseudo love to ourselves and also love to others that's not really love. Then you got the victim love style, which is I need to learn that I need to be compliant and other to survive. Compliant in order to survive. Some people say, is this a slave mentality? Some people might say, uh, sticking to the system, sticking to the story, sticking to the system. I'm a victim, so unless I'm co compliant, I, I will get hurt. So right now, the media is a clear exemplification of that. Some people get very fearful about the police, so it's like, I need to comply, comply, comply. So we get so scared that we have victim love style, right? A facilitator is you have a deep fear of abandonment and you want love, but you also scared of getting abandoned. Probably once again, like I said before, it happened before. Nothing that's happening now is brand new. It has happened before. I want you to remember that history repeats itself. History repeats itself. Have you heard of that statement? Does that only refer to the history as it relates to like, yo, the civil war. Now we're going back to a civil rights movement. Is that only history? No, not only world history repeats itself, but your personal history repeats. So what that mean is, yeah, you can have, you could definitely have all of these different love styles. Yeah, most definitely. It's not one, one, because we have different experiences with different people and we could act, we could have different love styles for different people based on their different experiences, history repeating itself, right? And we could have those different love styles based on different situations. History repeats itself. There's the fourth one, which is the avoider. And look, I circled it because I guess that was my, that's my love style as affected by childhood, which is I can do it on my own. I don't need you. So I'm going to detach away from you. Or like in order to 
to stay away from conflict, I want to avoid the conflict to begin with. So that's like the avoider love style. So I just gave you five love styles affected by childhood. The pleaser, controller, victim, facilitator, and avoider. You know, I said that I resided, I, I resided in the avoider most of my life being programmed. You're like, yo, since I have that type C personality, um, I have an avoider love style, right? So a lot of us, we have a different love style. But if we go back, I remember I said, the love styles are usually a, we're, we're thinking we're loving the other person this way, but we're not. And then we're thinking we're loving ourselves, but we're not. So true love is really none of those love styles. Those are programmed love styles empowered by your story. So whether you're a pleaser, a controller, a victim, facilitator, or avoider, those are just pseudo love styles imposed by your story. True love doesn't even have a label. It's not even a feeling. It's like a daily action of really wanting the best from, for everyone you, you're with, of wanting them to have to be in the best state, the best mental, physical, you know, all that. That's really what true love is. But we literally sometimes look at the love styles differently, okay? So I, I wish that that gave you a realization. I wish it gave you some insight on where you're at. But now, if you have a piece of paper, I want you to write down what happened in my childhood, what happened in my childhood that made me feel this way? I don't know if you're just now tuning in, maybe you didn't see the past part of this, but the question is, what happened in my childhood that caused me to be this way right now? Okay, really ponder about that question and I'm gonna see if anybody has a question. How can you really find your partner's love style? Okay, so let's say somebody asks, how can you find your partner's love style? So let's say you had a partner and you're trying to see how is their love style? Well, you have to kind of like notice, like when somebody converses with you, instead of saying, Oh, don't take it in as if an attack. Don't take it as if they're like coming to you, but say what suffering is causing this person to act this way to me? Because we all, we all, maybe we all don't know, but the truth is people don't act out of like whatever emotion they're giving to you. They're acting out of whatever they really need, right? So it's reverse engineering, yo, what suffering is causing this person to act this way? And sometimes people tell you, like somebody might say, I feel like you don't even pay attention to me, right? So listen for those key words, or let's say for a, a, a pleaser is, every time I do something, I feel like it's not good enough and I'm trying to be good for you. You know what I mean? So you have to listen for those key words. That's gonna allow you to see what is this person's love style and that's gonna allow you to then be able to be in accordance to that, all right? So there are multiple, multiple ways of getting to that. And it's also conversation, right? The stories that people tell you will tell you their story. So likewise, you, the stories you tell yourself is also gonna tell you what your story is. Um, so what do I mean by that? 
what reoccurring thing comes up to your mind every time someone acts to you a certain way you know what i mean if somebody is always coming at you then you're like yo people are always coming at me you know like i feel like they're always doing that so what's causing like what's like what's causing that to happen continuously you know what i mean what is that story you're telling yourself and then see where did that happen in the past where did it start you know what is the root of this right let's take the controller i need to be in control because if i'm not i will get taken advantage of i will get hurt now what does a controlling person do right chest out a lot of times you could mistake the controller the anger and controlling could be about you could you could mistake it right you could mistake it because you could take it the wrong way you could mistake it you know you and you're like yo they're very angry at me but in reality they're just not trying to take being taken advantage of so they're they're they seem angry but in reality they're just trying to control the situation because of the pain that they've endured in the past so my thing for you is what has what pain have you endured in the past and have how have that taken control over you now you can work that backwards okay so it's really doing really a lot of self-work a lot of self-work okay so you're gonna write down what happened to me in my childhood that's causing me to be this way this way this way now, when we think about this way we might get a little bit confused because we're like what way is it oftentimes you're oblivious to your own story you're oblivious to your way of being so you don't really really know it so somebody else almost have to kind of like bring it to light unless you do the self-work to, to see it um and you might need to go to a whole workshop get the whole ins and outs and stuff like that so work backwards from your self-talk so you can see what you're suffering so these are the practical steps work backward and then from that you're able to then decide you're able to then analyze to see what is the root of that suffering mainly already happened between one and seven right and that's going to tell you something it might not tell you the whole story but it's going to tell you something okay so that's practical let's go back here and say have you ever watched a movie and you see everybody I want you to watch movies very, very closely. And I want you to see every character as in what story is this character in? Like by story, I mean, see what they're doing, why they do what they're doing and why, why they think they do what they do and why they really do what they do, what they're doing, what they think they're doing, why they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> And why they are really doing what they're doing. So there may be a serial killer who tells himself that I'm doing good for the world. I mean, this is crazy, right? Why would a serial killer think that they're doing good? But a serial killer might say, I'm getting rid of all these horrible people. Now, this may sound a little bit, but in a serial killer's eye, I'm showing love by showing hate. You know, it's like, what? And in your mind, you're like, this, that's, this is insane. This is pure evil. 
But in their mind, they're like, this is good. This is the way it should be, you know? So their story is completely different from your story. So you're trying to say you're out of integrity. How can you tell somebody they're out of integrity when they're in one with their story? So integrity is not necessary. Integrity to people as individuals is not in one to the natural laws of the universe. By natural laws, I mean there are certain laws of the universe. That's for a whole different thing. For most people, integrity is being in alignment in one, which is integral. The Joker is the perfect example. Thank you so much. That is perfect. Integrity is being in one with your idea of what's right and what's wrong. That's usually what integrity is as it relates to us. Now, when somebody comes to you, then they say, oh, you're not, you don't have integrity because they're talking about you being in one with not only your values and beliefs, but they sometimes even say you're not being in, you're not showing integrity to me, which means you're not in one with my values and beliefs. We can't base our integrity on our story and we shouldn't base our integrity on other people. Of course, we want to be in one with our word. That's being integral, being one with our word. But I think the best integrity to have is integrity as a being, as in I'm in one with the natural laws. I'm in one with not necessarily the rules, but the things that if I follow, I can have the best quality of life. That's what integrity really really is but a lot of times we talk on integrity based on our beliefs based on our stories and based on all of these other things which aren't necessarily true so i say that all that to say is we could only see in our story sometimes we got to be distracted taken off track of one story and be attracted to another one so sometimes when you're stuck in your story you got to be distracted from that story, taken off track, and then going towards a different route, right? What's a story you might tell yourself? Let's take meat, for example. Yo, I need to eat meat. Like, when I used to look at vegetarians, and this was a while back, I was like, bro, how do you not eat meat? I mean, this is the way to live. In my mind, I'm thinking, I grew up eating meat. Like, there is no way I'm going to stop eating meat because you so believe, like, yo, yo, meat is horrible. Like, and I'm, like, when you listen to that, you're like, what? You don't even want to hear it. At this point, you're completely turned off because what's happening is whenever somebody else's story come and it's not your story, you're, you completely shun it away. So you're not able to be distracted from your story and empower a new one. You're only stuck in yours. So this is why we have to be open-minded because when we close our minds, we close ourselves in a box story. We literally put ourselves in a scene in a movie and we keep repeating that scene. This is what history repeating itself really means. We get stuck in a specific scene and we keep repeating the scene and different things. Right? So let's say, you ever seen the movies where they show a very traumatic experience over and over like a flashback? That's literally what's going on. It's like, yo, nearly I'm not back there with the Grim Reaper, but for some reason, it seems like I'm having post-traumatic stress disorder. 
or I'm like, yo, I'm having post-traumatic life experience disorder where I'm getting all of these flashbacks of these traumatic experiences from the past and then I'm living it out in my present moment. But what if you never knew that was a flashback? You know, if you watch a movie and they show a flashback, but they don't really give you an idea if it's a flashback or not, sometimes they, they have cinematic transitional things they do. I'm, you know, when they don't do it, you get you can get confused. You'd be like, wait, is this true or is it not? You don't know the difference between what the dream is and what the reality of the movie is. So you're like, ah, I'm, I don't really know. You kind of like on the edge now. You're like, wait, is this happening now or did it happen? But that's how, that's literally what's going on. You, like your body can't tell the difference between what happened 20 years ago versus what's happening right now because it's still in your mind infiltrating your subconscious and then you find yourself living, you could be 19 for 20 years. If 19 was really like traumatic or it really had an impact on you emotionally, the emotion, it binds whatever energy and that time frame and it keeps it in motion continuously over time. So if you attach a specific emotion to something that happened, you know, really a lot of emotion, you're gonna, and then you keep that em energy in your mental garden and you keep cultivating it, you're gonna find yourself being in that scene again. And you're like, oh crap, I'm repeating the same scenes over and over. So this is why I'm doing this, is to distract that story and attract you to a new story. And the truth is, the truth of the matter is, you don't have to be stuck in that same perpetuating cycle. Starting today, you can begin to do the work, right? First, knowing what it is. Remember, reverse engineer your self-talk. That will help a whole lot. So you could find out your story. Because the stories are continuously repeating over and over. History is repeats itself, repeats itself. Your story repeats itself. Her story and his story repeats itself over and over and over and over and over. But what did they say about what's in motion? The law of motion? Whatever's in motion will stay in motion unless, right? Whatever energies in motion will stay in motion. Whatever's emotions are in motion will stay in motion unless redirected or rerouted or reformulated. But the, the thing is it doesn't get destroyed, right? So what happens is some people say, I don't necessarily like my story from one to seven in my past. I just don't like it. Well, what you can do is you can mold that story that used to be like, yo, this is holding me back. And it can become what you put together to spring you forward. It's like, yo, I felt flat on my back, but instead of breaking my back, I bounced right back up and stood up. So the story that used to be like disempowering can become the most empowering story. But when does a story become empowering? Is it when I'm still in it? Or is it when I'm working out of it? Or is it when I'm out of it? When does a limiting story, like for instance, somebody went through something really traumatic in a movie and they went through this whole process and they're going to the build up the build up. When is the story most relevant? When, when is there like that, that tip over? You're like this, okay, the character's making a shift. Cool, character's making a shift. Is it when the character is at the end of it? Well, most movies that we watch, the beginning is like the backstory, usually very small. The middle is the process of, you know, feeling that internal struggle and the 
the endpoint is like the solution, the conclusion, right? We can't wait. We can't do that for 90, for 90 years of our lives. We don't want the beginning and then having the whole middle. You know what I mean? We can have the end in the middle, right? What I mean is the process itself can be the goal. The process itself can, the goal itself can be the process, which means the person you're trying to be, you can be right now, even though you're working on it. You're like, oh, okay. So you're saying, where do I need it? Okay. Disempower the old story. Let it be the building blocks. The thing that you're going to now build upon, right? I told you the avoider, I can do it on my own. I'm going to be detached. Is that a bad thing to be want to be by yourself? You can cultivate inner peace. Like you can use that as a strength. Like when somebody talks to you and you're like, yo, I want to not be by you. Instead of like, yo, I'm going to avoid you, which you can also do. You can be in your peace. So you can use the, that avoiding love style as a way to be more a peaceful person. And then communicating to that person as you grow to be more of a like open and sharing and not being stuck to any specific love style. So that's possible, which means you can have the goal in the process. Let's say you're a controller and you're like, I don't want to be taken advantage of. So I'm going to make sure that I control situations. I need to be in control. Maybe I'm a D personality type and I'm very demanding. So you're like, okay, this is bad. This is bad. Don't say it's bad. Just be like, yo, how do I use this character personality trait more effectively knowing that everybody is suffering themselves? Some, some situations need control, but it doesn't need per se your control based on your story. It just needs to be, you don't need to be controlling, but the situations need to be controlled. So you can use that idea to like be demanding and tell people what to do as a way to just share your, your story in a convicting way. In a way that convicts other people or tells other people what you're growing through. And that's fine. So you, but you gotta know this first, right? Turn your strengths, turn your weaknesses into strengths and then dismantle it. To the point where you're like, oh, what ill character trait did I have? So interesting, but we got to do the self-work. Now is the time for us to go through this. Now is the time for us to grow through life. Is the time for us to figure out these things? Because the truth of the matter is you're living out a story right now. You're going to whatever work you're going through, whatever thing you think you need to uh, wear, whatever you need to buy, whatever you need to hang out with. Uh, whatever your idea of success is, it's all a story fabricate, fabricated. I found out everything is a story. I found out even the oppressor is living out the story of an oppressor. And by living out the story of an oppressor, being oppressed by their own story. And that got me thinking, I'm like, yo, even the richest of the richest are stuck in the story of attaining wealth, never enjoying wealth. Even the poorest of the poorest are stuck in the story of being poor and thinking that wealth cannot be attained. We're all stuck in the story. So only thing that's stuck in the story is like, yo, I have to live and be somebody in society and I have to live according to these terms. All of these things are all stories. 
So it's like, wow, that's so deep. It goes so much deeper, but I'm not gonna go that deep today, right? This is, I gotta label and I gotta put this stuff together pieces to really talk about it. But until next time, when we do talk about the story, now you have some background information, right? You can go home and utilize that for your own benefit. Let's do a quick review. So if you just now tune in, don't go anywhere, catch the quick review. And the quick review is, are you a pleaser? Do you believe that I need to be good so I don't get in trouble? Are you a controller? Do you feel like you need to be in control so that you don't get hurt? Are you a victim? Do you feel like you need to learn to be compliant in order to survive? Are you a facilitator? Do you feel like you have a deep fear of abandonment and you just want love? Or are you an avoider? I can do it on my own mentality. I don't need you mentality. Or are you a creator? I made this love style up. It's not part of the psychological official love style, but are you a creator? A creator creates love and gives love. Creates love for themselves, creates love for others create experiences that brings about love, creates the actions of love, creates the thoughts of love, creates all of those. And that creator does not live in boxes, but they live in a spirit of creation, which means they're able to foster up that energy in motion for the benefit of their spirit rather than the detriment of their being, which means they're not living in these limiting states all day because they're creating their states. Your states, your stature, your ideals, your beliefs, all are making up your stories. Your things, the meanings you place on things, which you think they mean. When somebody says something, it's not what they said that you're getting, it's what you think they're saying. It's what you think what they're saying is meaning that's getting to you, right? So it's a lot going on. Let's see a question here. Do you think people grow as they are also hurting others? Do you think people grow as they are also hurting others keeping people go as so let's say I, I don't necessarily okay I'm hurting somebody else do you hurt somebody else or do they what they what you think that person means hurt them because you can say a lot of things that's very hurtful but none of it have to hurt me right somebody can say very hurtful things but it doesn't necessarily have to hurt you but because of our human nature it often does People who are unconscious that a lot of people are unconscious that they're hurting you. So they're probably not growing because to their mind, their story is I'm good. I'm right. And they don't even know it. So there is no growth and hurting without knowing, you know what I mean? You're just hurting and you're infiltrating the hurt subconsciously and in your actions and in your words, but you don't even know it. So there's no growth in that. But if you know, if somebody says, yo, I hurt you because I'm hurt, they're growing. You know, I've told somebody, yo, um, maybe I don't do this for you because I feel like I have a feeling, you know, like I'm not doing this because I'm there, you know? Maybe I'm not loving you like I should because, well, I'm not loving myself. That's a person that's growing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And all of these things are just. You want to keep building your mental capacity to understand yourself because if you had a tech technology, you want to learn how this work. And 
if you're the most advanced technology, don't you want to know how you work? Don't you want the manual to your being? Of course you do. But you got to go out there and do the research, accumulate all that together, and then use it as practical information by applying it. Common knowledge is not common practice. Common knowledge is not common practice. So that's why we're gonna practice very commonly all of the knowledge we've learned, all right? That's true wisdom. I wanna remind you that you're not stupid. You are really, really wise. But the thing is, your doubt has hidden all of the wisdom. Your doubt has hidden all of the wisdom because you doubt your true ability as a being. All of the wisdom that you really have have been hidden by your doubt. So as soon as that you begin to build up and know that you don't have to doubt it anymore, as soon as you get connected to true wisdom, the true knowledge, the true ways of the universe, then you become an exemplification of what you are because your entire being is wisdom. It's knowledge and application. You are knowledge and application. Think about it. Everything in your body works in perfect harmony unless you put it out of this, if unless you distract it off of harmony and put disharmony and dis-ease into your body, which means you are wisdom, but the doubt you have about your internal wisdom to handle the challenges of life causes you to throw off your limbic system by eating like a something and drinking something and you know taking all these things outside of you which messes up your internal balance and gets you out of whack so it's not that you aren't wise your whole body is wisdom everything that works within you is application of knowledge of the knowledge of the most high so where's the issue the issue is you doubt your inner ability to express that wisdom and achieve inner peace and that's where the uh, disassociation is and that's where like the fogginess and all of that is but why i'm here today is to let you know that this story no longer has to be yours and all you have to do is start the process just start the ball just maybe google tony robbins and be like oh what story you know listen to other speakers as well and then they give you such other insight and then come back and you, you'd be like oh i'm piecing all these things together then now you'll be able to utilize your not your knowledge which resides within you already and you'll be able to connect to more as you acquire these things that will open you up so don't be closed-minded because if you close your mind from hurt you also close your mind from blessings if you close your spirit from hurt you also close your spirit from blessings so open up and get blessed that's my message and I'm sticking to it or tuning in once again to this podcast. Remember, you have unlimited power in you to figure out what your story is. Distract and attract a new one. Peace. Every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., Ed Talks Daily. Don't miss it. If you think this was awesome, leave a thumbs up. If it was not, uh, don't do nothing. <laughs> all right. Uh, peace. Have a great day, all right? Like and share this video if you're on Facebook, YouTube. Um, yeah.
So yeah, don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself because you are more powerful than your current situation, right? So we're, we're not, I'm not saying, bruh, like sometimes you look at your life, you're like, bruh, really? I, why did I do this? Like, really? Like, why? And you're doubting your possibilities based on the past. And that's no way to live because you're a creator. Like you can literally be complete. Have you not seen the stories of people who are there and they're like completely change and turn their life around? That's because this, that possibility is there. So you may doubt your personality. You may doubt your personal reality. You may doubt all of the things that you've done in the past, but don't doubt your being, your ability to create. All right. Change your narrative and you will change your life. Learn how movies are make are made because your life is a movie. And if you become the director, the producer and actively act in you, actively act in your purpose, then you'll be able to express your true self. All right. Don't want to overrun the time. So I'm heading out. Change your narrative. Change that narrative. Karis Jefferson, peace. It's Ed, the holistic motivator, tuning out. I want to remind you that you have unlimited power within you to achieve whatever it is that you want and to construct the person you want to be. But first, you must believe it in order to achieve it. And until that happens, the world will forever miss your talents, your gifts, and all the great things that you have to offer. So let your light shine. Don't hide it. Don't dim it. Thank you. Find Ed Talks Daily on your favorite podcast app and be sure to leave your thoughts in the form of review. Until next time, remain in your unlimited power.